Hello and welcome to Now Here's a Thing, the latest laid-back podcast crafted by me, Tracy Jones, and me, Heather Noble. Now Here's a Thing, episode one, and we've failed at the first hurdle. (laughs) If you can't already hear, we've got got a beautiful bridge by the river outdoors traffic noise yeah so we, we thought let's go and sit in a beer garden and there'll be some nice background noise of maybe in the distance some voices a few birds singing didn't reckon this road was quite as busy as it is i can't believe it's this busy because where is everybody going <laughs> Probably the same as us, yeah, they've they've all come to. Okay, so we're at this very nice pub, uh, Cross Foxes in Abistock, and it was our plan to sort of roam around the sort of Wrexham, Shropshire area um, for locations that weren't studios, because we thought, we've spent years in studios, We, we can do this on the road, and now we've just discovered the reason why we can't. Yeah, I don't want to be defeatist. And and to be fair, sitting on a bench by the river in January <laughs> already has... I bet the roads will be quieter. Yeah, true. <laughs> the, there'll be the muffling from the snow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The natural soundproofing. <laughs> but that would be um, overplayed by our teeth chattering, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. So I think we might have to uh, sup up our drinks and, and rethink location... Um, venue for episode one, maybe? Yeah. I, I mean, well, we've got two options. We either just sit here and do it. Okay. And it have terrible sound quality. Yeah, good start, eh? <laughs> oh, oh, a... oh, don't oh. spill your beer. Oh, sh- I never spilled my beer on myself. <laughs> oh, great. So you're going to smell like you've been in a pub, even if you haven't been in a pub. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you hold the microphone while I wipe myself down. Are you all right? You're not... Yeah. Don't, don't waste too much of it. Bloody professionals we are. <laughs> I don't think we claimed to be professional, did we? When did we say we were professional podcasters? I'm a, I'm a beer-soaked podcaster now. There we go. I, I, you won't be the first, and I'm pretty sure you won't be the last. <laughs> OK, so shall we, shall we just do a topic? Yeah. What have you got, Heather? Well, here's the thing. I've noticed... You know when you're out driving around country lanes? Yeah. And you come around the corner and there are some people walking in the road? Yeah. If it were you, which side of the road would you be walking on? I'd be walking on the side facing the traffic coming at me. Absolutely. That's, that's the highway code, isn't it? That's, that's the walker's code. That's the way you do it. That's what I always thought. But I don't know whether it's skipped a generation or something. But every time I come round a corner now, and no, I'm not necessarily speeding because I'm on a country lane, people are consistently walking with the traffic rather than against the traffic. And then to add insult to injury, they're often wearing dark colours, so you don't get to see them. And it troubles me. It troubles me a lot. Have you stopped them and said... Hello, good fellow. Yes, by (laughs) the way. Do you know the highway code? I did do that to a lad on a bike once. Did you? Yeah, which was quite brave. (laughs) It's in my car. But I wound down the wind. He got no lights on his bike and it was dusk. And he was riding like an idiot on the road. So he he 
he pulled onto the pavement. It was only on a very small road. He pulled onto the pavement. So as I came alongside him, I wound my window down. And I said, your lights aren't working. He said, oh, no. <laughs> I thought, okay, I won't pursue any further conversation here. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but you feel like saying, well, does your mum know you're out on your bike without any lights on? Is this real old lady territory now? I don't know, no. but... Yeah, I have noticed that about walkers as well. And it, it just... In fact... I notice more now when people are doing it correctly with the walking. Yeah, well, so do I. I stop and congratulate them. <laughs> well done, well done. <laughs> so what can we do about this? Can we have a campaign to walk correctly on country roads? Well, as you say, I thought that was the highway code. Yeah, so it's is it... some sort of code, surely. Because presumably these people drive. Yeah. Therefore, you'd think that they'd be thinking... They'd expect pedestrians to be on the other side of the road. Or maybe they're shaking their fist at the people that are walking towards them. And what are you doing? What, are you walking on the wrong side of the road? Well, the point of walking towards the traffic is that you're aware that there's a vehicle coming. Which I would say, driving an electric car, I think that's really important these days. You can't rely on your hearing. Or a cyclist coming up behind you, you might not hear them. But if you just step out into the road... Yeah, totally. And that's the whole point. It's so that the driver knows that they will have seen the car and the driver's got sight of the individual but they're not going to just happen upon them around a bend because they're going to be on the other side of the road mm. i know it does sound a bit like i'm a crotchety old lady but i just yeah, wondered can, the two when... can coexist yes yeah. <laughs> yeah and probably often do but i just don't know when it stopped being a thing no it snuck up on us heather yeah yeah i don't know anyway it's i've noticed it and and it happened this week when I came round a corner and it was like, whoa, okay, what are you doing? It was somebody with a buggy, actually. Oh, Why God. are you pushing your buggy on this side of the road? Get yourself on the other side of the road. Facing the oncoming Facing traffic. Facing the oncoming traffic. I can, I can sort of understand that they probably feel less safe facing the car coming towards them, but actually... It's counterintuitive yeah. because you're more aware, you're and more you're able to take action, aren't you? And most of us, if we drive, are programmed to swerve to the left if we see something rather than swerve to the right. So swerving to the left now is going to run into the person who's walking with the traffic. Well, you just confused me there, but that doesn't matter. It's your thing for this week. It's my thing for this week, yes. And I wonder if it's just me. Is it just me? Or... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me find my thing for this week. Okay, it's, is it beer related? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not beer related. So I, I had a couple of things, but this one, I made a note of it because oh. I forget these things. The best cities to live in, according to researchers. So I was reading an article, I think it might have been in The Guardian, but I'm not sure, because it doesn't matter, I'm not going to go into the detail of the article. I was just wondering, what would be your best city to live in? So if I read out the top ten. Oh, go on. Vienna, Copenhagen, Zurich is um, equal with Calgary. Vancouver, Geneva, Frankfurt, Toronto, Amsterdam, and Osaka and Melbourne in joint tenth place. Okay. Were any of those on your top ten? Well, 
Um, I think we might have mentioned Vienna um, in a previous conversation, but I've always wanted to go to Vienna. But as I haven't been there, I don't know what it would be like to live there. Um, I have been to Amsterdam, and I did quite like it there. Yeah. <laughs> but I was on holiday. Is that because you're a cyclist, Heather? Mm, no, no, it's because... You like the drugs? No, it wasn't even the drugs. It was the just... sex? No, it wasn't even that. Okay. It was... The culture? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what, yes, let's say that, which included bars. <laughs> we were going to say drugs, sex, and alcohol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I don't and know. What, what things would you put at the top? So the, this article, these researchers, uh, it's an annual index, apparently, um, and they're looking at uh, political stability, crime rates, healthcare, cultural institutions and infrastructure and that's why Vienna's a top because it ranks really highly on all of those things Uh, but ranking it for livability that's quite difficult isn't it well particularly as an awful lot of those are cities that people tend to go to for a city break yeah I mean obviously Melbourne and Oslo did you say well I suppose Oslo no I don't think Oslo was in there what did you say before Calgary uh, Vienna, Copenhagen, Zurich, Calgary, Vancouver, Geneva, Frankfurt, Toronto, Amsterdam, Osaka. Oh, Osaka. And in Japan. Melbourne. Yeah, yeah okay. So, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure because I think you probably would have to live there first yeah. to recognise how good. Oh, by the way, the research is done by the Economist Intelligence Unit, EIU, and they do this annually. And apparently they look at 172 cities across the categories stability, healthcare, culture, environment, education and infrastructure. I wonder where Wrexham would stand in that because it's been newly made a city, hasn't it? Oh, a new city, yeah. I bet it wasn't included in this because Mm. it wasn't a city at the time. And I'm sure there are more than 172 cities in the world. Uh, I mean, I like cities... But I like to visit them yeah, and then I, leave them behind. Yeah, I'm happy to go home yeah. afterwards. Yeah, I think if I were going to live in a city, I'd want it to be clean. I'd want it to have um, good infrastructure, good transport. You know, the, the idea of getting rid of a car would be quite nice and perhaps just hiring one if you needed one. That's why Amsterdam's so good Yeah, in terms of getting around. You can go on the canal. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You get get on your bike, which you just would. You just would have a bike. You would, and everybody has. Yeah. And now I've I've recently acquired a bike, and actually I'm finding it difficult to find somewhere to ride it because I don't feel safe on the roads. So I'm looking for like yeah. bike paths that are old railway lines and things like that. So I'm having to drive somewhere to ride my bike, which seems very wrong. Well, in Amsterdam, you wouldn't have that because you're at, you're at risk if you're if you're a pedestrian. <laughs> Just because bikes have right of way. Yeah. So, and yeah, maybe that, well, it works for the Dutch. The the bike racks at stations in Amsterdam are just, they're like multi-storey. I've never seen so many bikes. Just incredible. So. Okay, so Amsterdam's up there for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm not wi- widely travelled. Um, no, not So I, I, I couldn't comment on a lot of these. Um, but I think I'm a bit like you. I, I like just living somewhere a little bit less metropolitan. Yeah, but yeah. But having the ability to to visit cities and, and to enjoy that hustle and bustle occasionally. But I don't think I could actually live there permanently. 
I also think that, so I lived in London for a time, but of course I didn't live in the centre of London. London's like lots of little communities spread yeah. around. So again, you know, the big bad city where it's so big that you are just a number has less appeal than somewhere a bit more compact. London was 33 on the list. The highest ranked um, UK city was Manchester. Yeah, I like Manchester, yeah. yeah. And yeah. again, it's a bit like there's lots of uh, suburbs yeah. of Manchester yeah. and now you can commute into it with the metro. Yeah. That makes it accessible. Uh, Manchester was in 28th place. I really like Dublin. Yes. And I like Cork. Not been to Cork. And why I like them is you get a city feel, but they're not so big and overwhelming. You can get around the whole city on foot if you wanted to. Mm. But yeah, so that's quite nice. Now, here's the thing. If you were living in a city, yeah, would you miss having your own outdoor space? Oh, unless you're minted, of course, which I'm oh, not sure. Oh, of course, I'm, I'm planning to be minted when yeah. I get my pad in the city. Yes. Yeah, I think I, I would. Um, when I think about having a property in the city, it is sort of like a crash pad idea. Right, okay. It's not. But that feels very wrong to have a second home in a city which pushes the prices of housing up for people who need it, who actually work in the city. Yeah, and that list is about best city to live in, not best city to have a crash to pad crash in. in. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Makes me think of those programmes, you know, where people um, want they're looking for somewhere to live um what is it location 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 or something you know and so they say well we want what we want is we want um we want somewhere with a paddock somewhere so that you know i can have some horses and um 10 minutes from the city centre yeah and then they go and this is our budget you know so somebody i don't know where these people get this money from but yeah and that's what we want okay and then we want a little place in the city just as a crash pad so that you know you can commute commute and stay over and we go okay and they start looking and then the crash pad suddenly it needs to have two bedrooms so that the family can come and stay in the weekends so it's not a crash pad for a commuter who's just sleeping there yeah. monday to friday and then it would be nice to have a little bit of outdoor space <laughs> okay and then they don't do any of it because they can't get what they want in the city for a hundred and twenty five thousand pounds <laughs> You watch a different programme to me because they've all got massive budgets. And like you say, where do they where get, do they get money the money from? from? Yeah. yeah, I always say drugs. I just say, <laughs> it's got to be drugs. But how can you legally earn that much money? Let's assume it's drugs, shall we? Because that makes us feel better. <laughs> and we, we've, we've been totally legal and that's why we can't afford yes. That's the only yes. reason We're law -abiding we can't citizens. afford it. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I absolutely agree. Okay, I've got another thing. Uh, the four-day week, we've talked about it loads on our other podcast. Mm, yes. Big Business Briefs, yes. formerly the business community. Over 200 episodes still available to listen on your normal podcast. Yeah, just look for a pair of big Platform. knickers with red spots on and you'll find me at mine and Heather's face on there. <laughs> but, yeah. Not on the knickers. No. no. <laughs> on, the, on the picture, sorry, the next picture. to the knickers. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I should have thought that one through. Anyway, we've talked about the four-day week quite a bit. And then there was an article I read just today, which I saved again on my phone because I knew I would forget this. Um, looking at, at what um, some of the people who've been trialling the four-day week thought about it. And what sort of things are they saying? I, th I think 
essentially they're loving it. They're loving it. it. Yeah. <laughs> everything we've ever read on this, there's, there's not a bad word to say about it. So according to this article, more than 3,000 workers at 70 companies are working a four-day week with no loss of pay. And the biggest ever four-day week pilot. And uh, yeah, I, so far, um, the employees definitely are liking it. And I'm finding that businesses are also reporting that they like it as well. So my here's the thing is not looking into detail in this article, but what working four days a week would mean to you? Right, okay. I'm quite lucky in that I do have the ability to set my working hours. So if I want to work a four-day week on a particular week, I can by just not booking any work in. What I've learned is to not feel guilty if, say I've not got any paid work in the diary on a Friday and there's nothing that I desperately need to do, then I will take a Friday off. Yeah. Or, so I, I, I'm fortunate to do One that. One of the joys of being self-employed, folks. Absolutely. There are lots of downsides as well. Yeah, we yeah. Won't, we won't bring them no, up. No, we here. won't bring those up. But a few years ago, well, a number of years ago now, um, both my husband and I did work four-day weeks at the same time. And that was brilliant because on a Friday... Did you work different days off? No, no. It was around the time we were getting married. So, of course, you know, we wouldn't... It would be slightly different now, I imagine. Don't know. Just saying. Um, But... uh, So, we used to work Monday to Thursday. So, then Friday was great because Friday, you could do all your jobs. Saturday, you could do all your duty things like visiting family and doing stuff like that. And then Sunday, you could just do whatever you liked. And it, it was a really good balance having that but just that extra day to do the things that you need to do for other people often yeah. or you know keep visiting your mom or you know checking in with your uncle or whatever it might be so it, it was quite good it was quite good but of course you get in those days i've got a four-day salary yeah <laughs> <laughs> not that, not that this lose no pay but, but work four days my um challenge with it is that I work for a company that um, produces 24-7 so essentially you know the the factory is always running so even when I'm not working at night I know that I'm sort of still on call for it yeah if anything something happens happens. so I think even if I worked four days I've I've got a professional role to fulfill so I'd have to squeeze my professional role into four days instead of five but i think that's something that a lot of employers forget that you can't if you work a four-day week unless you what even if you do physically turn up and operate a machine or stand at a location or whatever um your brain is employed five days a week just in the same way that we think about things over the weekend I think a lot of employers forget that they actually probably get more out of more thinking time out of four days yeah. than, they, than just a straight four days. Yeah, I think sometimes if you if you don't take a step back, you don't have that ability to actually see the bigger picture, do you? But yeah, that that would be my problem. But having said that, it's only within the last couple. That's a really loud exhaust, isn't it? Dear God, episode two, I'm sorry, we'll, we'll do better. We'll just have to think of a, a better venue. There might be a listener who knows what sort of motorbike that is, just okay. from that sound. Yeah, a noisy one. Yeah. 
So it's only in the last couple of years that I've been working for an employer full-time. So I, previous to that, I was working lots of different part-time roles, self-employed consultancy, did that for 20-odd years, it, more actually. So um, it's quite new to me working five days a week. <laughs> How's it going? I quite like a, a three-day week again. Yeah, but, but then you do go back to three-day week money and then it's sort of... yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that that was a big plus for me was um, I, I went into the full time role for um, a bigger role as well. Yeah. So and that was part and parcel of it. But yeah, so I don't suppose I'm getting a four day week anytime soon. No, but it works for a lot of people, and of course, it depends where you are in your life. If you've got younger children, I mean, your kids are reasonably self sufficient. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's why me being self-employed and contracting and doing part-time jobs and different... I had a portfolio uh, career. That worked perfectly as my kids were growing up. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, yeah, it's all relative to... And, again, you know, the four-day week money, well, OK, if you're older and you haven't got a mortgage and your kids have left home, maybe that's OK. Yeah, I know. Energy prices, though. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well... That's, yeah, that's true of every, for everybody, isn't it? So maybe there are a lot of people who want to go back to a five-day week to try and make ends meet if they have that luxury available to them. Here's a thing. I went to um, the steam rally in Shrewsbury yesterday, which is a massive, massive steam engine fair, and it has... It was incredible, actually, because when I was a kid, we used to go to steam rallies in Bishop's Castle because my dad was into that sort of thing. And you can imagine me as a teenager. Oh, why do we have to go here? I hate it. It's boring. And now here I am. Taking, I took my mum there. And the traction engines were incredible. And the the noise that they make... I mean, this traffic's got, you know, got nothing on it. And when they all set off their whistles in the big arena, it was so, so loud. Um but there were all sorts of things steam lorries steam cars um buses from goodness knows when lorries from goodness knows when it was really really interesting but just at the end as my mum and I were leaving we thought it would be a nice idea to go on a steam roundabout you know with the horses a carousel carousel. yeah so because I love I love anything like that I sense a butt coming here it's great no it's lovely we get on no problem at all we pay our six quid um three pound each rather than nine quid for two ice creams which that's a whole nother thing and around we go and it's lovely and all the music and we take photos and it's wonderful and then we stop and you know how the horses sort of go uppy and downy as you're going around my horse ended up much more uppy than it was when I got on it and so first of all my mother had to get off her horse she's 78 nearly 79 right getting off one of these horses so a guy comes along and helps her which was fine but then of course I have to get off so I've got long legs but it was too far down to the ground for me to just slide my one leg down to the floor I didn't really I can I virtually did the splits I don't know how I managed did you have one leg down and one leg leg up yeah yeah and when I finally trousers on yes I did yeah yeah and luckily like leggingsy things not um jeans because that would never have happened and the guy kept saying it's all right just put your foot on this on the stirrup bit and I'm like that is not going to work I mean it was the size of a blooming it's as thin as a nail that's not going to take there's a lot of me that's not going to work anyway when I finally get off so there's been a bit of a delay people getting on because there's these two old women trying to get off a carousel and um and so I go I'm down he went elegant not 
cheeky sort. And then Heather punched him and spent the night in a prison <laughs> cell. <laughs> That's not the story, is it? No. No, 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 no. We just we laughed hysterically and left. Quickly. <laughs> I wonder if there's any photos of that anywhere. Do you know actually that I was looking there was some fo- there were some photos um in the Shropshire Star of the Steam Rally and one of them was in front of the carousel and I did zoom in to check. <laughs> just make sure there wasn't you a in the background. With, red hair, trying to, with yeah. a leg in the air and one leg. <laughs> Now Here's the Thing is a Jones and Noble production brought to you every week. Well, maybe not every week, Heather. (laughs) Recorded with an iPhone, a microphone and lots of hot air.